This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. And welcome back in to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. I'm Chris Mack in for Ed Egras alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. We are with you for a couple more hours here and we've got plenty to talk about. Sean Zarillo of Action Network joins us the middle of next hour. So around 1120 Eastern, 1020 Central. Uh, we will talk to Sean about what we have an eye on in Game 5 of the World Series tonight. Does he think the Rangers close out the Diamondbacks tonight? Uh, Nathan Avaldi against Zach Gallen. Uh, some weak line, uh, excuse me, week 9 line moves uh, top of the next hour as well. And we'll continue to talk NFL with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus in 20 minutes. But first, college football playoff rankings are out uh, a big weekend of action, too. Five ranked matchups this week. Uh, we'll get into which ones we like the most. Uh, a big Heisman straw poll move uh, that still has not been reflected, at least as far as I've seen, in the betting market for the Heisman. We'll get to that in a couple minutes as well. But Ohio State 1, Georgia 2, Michigan 3, Florida State 4, and then the fifth undefeated team, Washington, comes in, well, after the top four, which means your one-loss teams go – Oregon 6, Texas 7, Bama 8, Oklahoma 9, Ole Miss 10, and then Penn State, Missouri, Louisville just outside the top 10. Uh, Aaron, I look at this, and it's quite obviously set up that, as things stand right now, if Washington can continue to win out, it's just about Ohio State, Michigan. Loser falls out, Washington steps in. Um, But there are, like I said, at at least half a dozen one-loss teams there that may have an argument as well should Washington or someone else stumble down the stretch. Yeah, I was a little, I mean, it's tough because Oregon did lose to Washington. I'm a higher on Oregon than I am Washington. It's very mysterious what's going on with Penix. Is it like a, did he have a, like some type of flu, a head cold? What is he dealing with? How good is he going to be the rest of the way? But I think Oregon I mean, they have a clear path to the playoffs. I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens here down the stretch if they can get in. Top four, not a surprise to anyone. If you follow betting markets at all, it's clear. Big drop-off after four. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State in some order. The first two were going to be, it's going to be Georgia, Florida State, or, or, or Georgia, Ohio State, or Ohio State, Georgia, and then the same thing with three, four, Michigan, and Florida State. The interesting part is two Big Ten teams, and yes, it it will figure itself out because they're going to play in the end. Mm-hmm. But is there that chance where you get two teams in? Like last year, it happened last year. If they both deserve to be in, and the only loss is that one game, it's a competitive game, maybe that's what happens again, where they both get in. Kind of flying under the radar. We knew Georgia would be up there at one or two. That's deserved. And it was funny on the broadcast last night. They're like, oh, Kirby Smart is so happy. We've got bulletin board <laughs> material. We are not number one, even though, you know, it's so close. Um, SEC. So you get outside of Georgia, the next one is eight. Like This is the conference that we got used to getting two teams in. I'm hearing people make the case, you know, there's a path for LSU. Alabama this weekend hosting that game like that if they win then they're going to make a big jump the hype will be there the committee saying yeah not so fast on the SEC you guys aren't as good yeah. as uh, previous seasons 
Yeah, I mean, it would appear anyway, LSU four, ranked 14th, that Ole Miss and Missouri even have better shots at getting into this thing than LSU. And I think when it comes down to one-loss teams, Bama always gets a little bit more shine from everybody, from the betting markets, from the committee. They're always lurking right there mm-hmm. when they're the one-loss team on the outside looking in. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Do you – Joe, do you think Michigan got docked at all for by the committee for um, for the the what do we want to call it the Spygate 2.0 the the scandal uh, because you simply go by results. I understand Ohio State probably has the better resume as far as who they've beaten than Michigan certainly, mm-hmm. but you look at simple results, raw numbers. I I I could have I, I think lots of people could have made an argument for it to be Ohio State Michigan in the top two. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, little bit, because you talk to any any market maker, any better, you're doing power ratings, you're making a point spread mm-hmm. on this line right now. Michigan's a better team. Michigan's a better yeah. team, and the problem is they just haven't played anybody, and they can they can hold on hold to that, and we're we knew that. I mean, look at the schedule, and it's Purdue this weekend. We would find out in the last three weeks when they have Penn State, they going there, and then, of course, the last game of the season in Ohio State. Uh, they, they can lean on that a little bit, but that is a fair point. Anybody with two eyeballs, you watch these teams, you know that Michigan's the better team. But yeah. I think they are kind mm-hmm. of uh, docking them a little bit for the whole cheating scandal. I was wondering that and also just, you know, who have they played? Are they also getting docked for having a softer schedule as well? Mm -hmm. I think both those teams probably played into it. I was curious, you know, asking the question last week, if the whole, you know, um, I guess controversy surrounding uh, Michigan would hurt the Heisman market too, if they would, you know, dock him for that. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think that's going to work itself out. And there is this new straw poll out uh, from The Athletic where uh, I'm I'm not going to call him Maserati Marv 37 times like Gus did Please during don't. the Ohio God. State broadcast. Jesus, but Marvin- it was – I hate him. I used to be so in on Gus, but I just can't take it anymore. Like, it's not working, man. Sometimes you've got to abort. Like we think we're clever yeah. in broadcasting. Oh, I'm going to have this this – catchphrase and everybody's gonna love it you gotta realize okay this ain't landing all right let's let's go away from it but he like clearly planned that out all week and he just would not stop and i hated it yeah he, of it. <laughs> he leaned in on it but marvin harrison in this straw poll is is the the favorite uh to to win the heisman i, I haven't seen it reflected in the markets yet aaron uh 10 to 1 still last i checked bet mgm marvin harrison uh for heisman hmm also on the Maserati thing, like, are they that? I wouldn't want that nickname. Like, there's so many better cars out there. So oh, my God. Mer- Mercedes <laughs> Marv? I mean. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be a Mercedes than a Maserati. Uh, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You think he asked Marv? Our rankings next hour. In a production <laughs> meeting? You get a you Maserati think he for, like, 20 grand. Maybe. <laughs> They're twenty grand. I'm they, gonna they take the over. That seems a little low. No, I'm getting you, one then if they are. I definitely, 
I definitely did research on this. What? No, you did you research on how much Maseratis are. Grand. No yes, way. That's any Maserati research. Where did you do your? Maserati? I have. <laughs> First of all, my daughter's Wait, so dad looking... drives one, so I was. I oh, I gotcha. Oh. I gotcha. <laughs> oh, he ain't all, all that right. rich. Hey, so you hide in the exactly. hide in the books. Oh, you got right. a used not... one. <laughs> I can't. Right. I can't. Oh, you can. You, that's the first thing I see. Yeah, you can find a Maserati, but an old one, one that's like eight years old. Yeah, it, but still, they lose their value quickly. A new one is expensive, and then after a couple of years, plummets. Did not yeah, have a dr- breakdown dr- on the on the Maserati resale price uh, on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that hit the rundown. No, the the value of a 2015 Maserati was was not on the rundown today. That's okay. kind of a, a kind of a weak flex. I'm gonna be honest. Like Maserati, cool. And then no, 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 no. I I, I got it from I got it from JD Byrider or whatever. Like, it's, uh, see, but they're tricking people. They, yeah. I mean, I fell for it. Erin knows she did the research. She did the Maserati research. She really did. So she knows the true value. You said I, I didn't be- do the research, me. but I did. No. I well, after you you said why, I'm like, okay, I believe her on one hundred percent. I'm not doubting you anymore. <laughs> Definitely not on that front. Okay, this straw poll. Hey, yeah. Anybody with me? This is a joke. 15 out of 33 first place votes for Harrison. I love Marvin Harrison. I hope the Bears get them. They have two picks that maybe are going to be in the top five. I think it'd be awesome if you can pair a quarterback with Marv. Okay. You don't mm-hmm. want to say it. Um, <laughs> but for him to be far and away the pick right now for the Heisman Trophy. I don't understand it. And this is someone before the Notre Dame game. I said, take a look at Harrison 80 to one. Cause if Ohio state is in the playoff, McCord's not winning it. He's not. No, 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 no. There's one person that's flashy. There's one person that gets all the love on the team and he should. His name's Marvin Harrison. By the way, he's had some duds this year, including in yeah. that game against Notre Dame, which they ended up uh a winning, but I just don't understand it. And I'm with the betting market. The stance that they're taking is, okay, fine. He could be in the conversation. He can have a shorter number, but top five. No, 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 no. Shorter than 10 to one. No, thank you. You can find a 12 to one out there. I don't think he's going to win the award. Now, Ohio state has to be in the playoff for this to even be a conversation, but just for him to be the runaway in this straw poll, I thought it was a joke. I don't, I don't understand how so many people decided Let's give my let me give my first place vote to Harrison over Penix, even though he's been turning the ball over lately. Yeah, what's Penix? Two seventy five, right? Uh, the favorite. Yeah, he's a favorite Heisman right now. And, and just Har- over Harrison's McCarthy. all the way down at ten to one, thirteen to one, depending on where you find it in that range. This is like th- this has major like crystal ball vibes from this straw poll, and that people are are projecting because uh, Washington once they get past USC this weekend, and I think they'll get past USC. I don't want to say relatively easily, but we've seen USC's defense. I can only imagine what Michael Penix is going to do to that defense. But then the fo- the following two weeks, they do have Utah, granted at home, and Oregon State, the two best defenses in, well, two of the three best defenses in the Pac-12. So maybe people are trying to project out what they think may happen with Penix, and 
the you know the vibes for Marvin Harrison will be strong if they go into Ann Arbor, into the big house, beat Michigan, and he has a big game. It's almost like they're trying to project, but that doesn't you're, you're trying yeah. to line up too many cosmic tumblers here if you're trying to project out that Marvin Harrison is the guy and not just voting on what we've seen so far, which is clearly it's Michael Penix Jr. Harrison also not top five in receiving yards. There's that part of it too, that if you're going with a non-quarterback, okay, impact player, star player, cool. I'm not fighting against the argument about going non-QB. I'm fine with going non-QB. I think everybody should be invited to this. But you're also doing yeah. it a year. Okay, you've got to have the best numbers, or you've got to be at least top three. But the other part is, this is viewed as a phenomenal quarterback draft. So this is the year we're going to go non QB when we're going to have all. <laughs> That's these... a good I, point. I don't think he's. Yeah. I don't think he's going to win it. That is a great point. We've been saying that for months now about, oh, look at all these quarterbacks. And then that would be so weird if one doesn't win the Heisman. Do they all just cancel each other out? Um, They all have flaws. And Penix has been struggling. It's so hard in college football because you don't get a lot of information. It's like Fort Knox getting any type of intel on what's really going on. So if he continues to struggle, I think this late in the season, it's interesting how wide open it is. Yeah, a, a handful of really big matchups, too, in relation to not just the Heisman, but the rankings as well this weekend. K-State goes to Austin to take on Texas, Washington, USC, Missouri, Georgia, LSU, Bama. Uh, a big weekend for maybe, and look, the committee builds the rankings this way in the first place to sort of lay the path out to be figured out, like you said earlier, uh on its own, right? Like naturally it's going mm-hmm. to figure itself out. Um, I, I do think the the one thing that we didn't touch on is you're going to have to be undefeated to get into the playoff from the Pac-12. That's what I think they're telling you is you have to be undefeated. Florida State can run the table on their weak, soft schedule they have the rest of the way. They're in because they're already there at four. And again, Ohio State, Michigan, one or the other, will win, and you. we presume, maybe it's too much of a presumption because, again, we can look back a year ago and see it not happening. One of them falls out. But I, I think if you're, if you're going to get in from the Pac-12, you've got to be undefeated. If you're going to get in from the Big 12, you've got to be Texas and you've got to beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Like, that's the only path I see. Yeah, yeah. And listen, the committee – do they are they too concerned? Even though it has been a very strong year for the Pac-12, there's a lot of excitement. It is arguably the deepest conference. There's no defense being played out there, but it's arguably the deep, deepest conference that we're going to see. Uh, there's a test every single week, and that, I thought that was interesting. I'd like to see a Pac-12 team get in, but it is going to be tough because in the end they're all going to beat up on each other, and then you're not going to have that one team with a perfect resume, right? Yeah, it, it's, it seems like we're bound for that. It's the Pac-12's tradition. Every November, they just beat the snot out of each other. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus joins us to share all of his favorite bets for Week 9 here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
If you haven't been listening to BetQL Daily, then you missed out on the Joe Ostrowski Triple Cross. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is here every Wednesday to get you over the hump with your NFL bets. This is Long Wednesday. This is the biggest long teaser week of the year. (laughs) On BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. And welcome back into BetQL Daily. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. And our friend Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Brad, happy Wednesday to you. Has the Christmas music started in your world yet? Because I'm already being beaten over the head with Mariah Carey. Yeah, I expect uh, my wife gets home tonight. We're past Halloween. I think we're officially in uh, in that territory in this household as well. Man, oh, man. I, it's, it's too early. It's too early. You got to get me to Black Friday before we start talking about uh, before we start talking about Christmas music. Uh, Black Friday, big for sales. There were some sales definitely in the NFL yesterday. Chase Young to the Niners for a third round pick. Brad, what 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 is Washington doing? Yeah, so the thing there, I, I can tell you, a couple teams were scared away by his knee. I know he's playing now. I know he's been playing a full snap count. But, I mean, missed 22 games over two seasons for a reason. Didn't even play week one this year because he was still kind of working his way back from that knee injury. I've seen the reports about, like, effort stuff and, and, and you know, making splash plays and ignoring his assignments. I care a little bit less about that, although there is some plays on tape where he loses contain on the edge because he wants to, you know, get a tackle for loss and gives up a 20-yard rush. But I think it's more the health concern because, yeah, he's a phenomenal player, top 15 for us in pass rush win rate, uh, and goes to a contender for a a late, late third. Um, You know, obviously the alarm bells go off there, but I think the health is is a question. Man, Ryan Poles hates second-round draft picks so much. And (laughs) it is difficult. I know the situations are very different. I get it. It is difficult to men in black it and completely remove the thought process of what we just saw with Chase Claypool, who's no longer a bear, because you end up making essentially the same trade. So what happens with Montez Sweat moving forward? Is he tagged by the Bears? Do they work out an extension? In a situation like this, are there conversations behind the scenes being like, look, we want to get you. We got all this money. But now he can kind of hold the Bears and say, look, I'm going to demand this much more. Do the Bears even have a chance at a Montez Sweat? I, I think that's kind of part of uh, Rempel's thinking. I've just been against it because I don't think they're going to be in a spot to win in the next couple of years, meaning Montez Sweat's 20s. What say you on the whole Sweat to the Bears deal? Yeah, there are so many different angles here. So first you mentioned – you know, in a vacuum, a second round pick, the Claypool trade, I think, is an issue because it's a guy that had missed time here and there, was not as consistently productive, not nearly as proven as a Montez Sweat. Yeah, he was younger. And in theory, you had a year and a half as opposed to half a season, all those things. But he also like we knew he was a problem causer in, in Pittsburgh. Chris probably there just chuckling to himself as we talk about this. Uh, <laughs> it, like it was it was a dumb trade. The minute it happened, I was like, this is an awful trade. I don't mind yeah. the sweat trade. However, we, the one you can compare it to really is Bradley Chubb at last year's deadline for a first, a fifth. I think Chase Edmonds was involved in that trade. I actually think Sweat's a better player than Bradley Chubb. However, 
a five-year, $110 million extension was a part of that trade. You have Montez Sweat, who wanted to go to Atlanta, who had a deal, at least a framework of a deal in place with the Atlanta Falcons if he did go there. And you bring him into Chicago. Uh, so that, that's in ESPN, but I can independently confirm that is the case. Um, and, and so now he's in Chicago and does not have a contract. So that's like you said. He has all the leverage in the world. You could franchise tag him, but you don't trade Jalen Johnson. So if you do franchise tag Montez Sweat, now you lose Jalen Johnson. Mm. And the the best you're going to get is a comp pick, which you're probably going to cancel out in free agency anyway. So long answer short, I don't mind in a vacuum the pick that was traded for the player. But all the externalities lean towards this was not the, the sharpest move in the world. Oh, Aaron, you're, you're muted. You're muted, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. That is my fault. No. I apologize. I'm here in Washington, and I want to get your thoughts on the Chase Young trade. I mean, a lot of fans are like, a third-round pick! But it just hasn't worked out. Do you think Chase Young could make the commanders regret this decision? Or do you think that you know Josh Harris and his group are making some good decisions and putting their stamp on this organization, and maybe they have an excellent offseason and turn things around here? I think you need to be encouraged if you're a Commanders fan simply in the organization doing things differently. And it doesn't have to be a full-scale trust the process like Harris did with the 76ers. But this organization historically never gets value out of their assets. We're talking about franchise tagging Brandon Sheriff twice and then just letting him walk. He was he, At a time, he was the highest paid guard in NFL history and had never signed a veteran contract. Like Some of the things they did made absolutely zero sense. So... If you are going to come in and say we're paying $40 million a year already on the defensive line before paying either of these edge rushers, we're going to get as many. We have five top 100 picks now. Like I said, I, I don't think Chase Young's knee uh, is looking very strong. So I think that was the thinking there. And I think Montez Sweat, they probably just, you know, we're, we're not quite there on an extension. I get being concerned. They are both good players. There's no question about that. They've been productive for a long time. But Harris is probably saying – I might need a new quarterback. I want to focus on the offensive line and bolstering that unit because he knows offense wins the NFL in 2023. Um, and, and that's why you hire an analytics as SVP last week and do all these things. If I'm a commanders fan, I'll, I'm ecstatic. I get why some aren't, but I'd be pumped. Mm-hmm. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus with us here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. You're listening inside your Odyssey app, wherever you go, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. And watching us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. Brad, Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. He's literally a rocket scientist. We hear that all the time. Is he (laughs) enough, though, especially with Justin Jefferson back in three or four weeks? We don't know how much longer... That, you know, if they wait till after the bye, although you've got people saying he'll be back sooner rather than later. I saw Rappaport say that yesterday. Um, with Jefferson on the way back, is Dobbs, Jefferson, Addison, but no running game uh, enough for the Vikings? They're, they're in the seventh spot right now. Is it enough for the Vikings to be an ugly playoff team again? I actually think it is. Yeah, I really do. I mean, look, Kirk Cousins has been playing some great football. He's a top five grade for us. His game against the Niners on Monday night was one of the best games he's ever played. Um, you know, getting the ball out quickly, like you said, working around different playmakers. Hasn't had Justin Jefferson been 2-0 and in those games without him. So, look, obviously you're gonna you're having a downgrade there, but it, you, it was unviable, non-viable to start Jaron Hall. His second dropback was a nine-yard strip sack, lost fumble in his, <laughs> on his own five-yard line. Like, you just you can't do that. So, 
I think it, it, it also just kind of shows the organization, shows a guy like a Justin Jefferson who wants a contract. Hey, we're not going to just punt on this season and give up. But also, yes, I, I think the Lions are going to win the division now. But the NFC is horrible. Like, you're, you're competing in the wild card for, like, the Desmond Ritter Atlanta Falcons or, like, the Baker Mayfield Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, you, you, Minnesota probably should still be a wild card team. You know, why not Why not give it a shot? And, and I love the Josh Dobbs story. It's every chapter gets better than the last. Uh, Brad, related to the, the Josh McDaniels uh, story that, that happened overnight, uh, all sorts of uh, rumors about how that went down. You got Rivera with Washington. We've been talking about them. He's probably going to be gone. Eberflu is probably going to yeah. be gone from the Bears. Staley, probably after the season, going to be gone. The list, it's going to be another one of those years, six, seven guys are looking for jobs. Everything's swirling in Michigan. Is it now the time that Jim Harbaugh comes back to the NFL? That's what Raider fans are talking about this morning. I think it's pretty, pretty likely. Um, I think even before the whole scandal went down in Michigan, I, I, I just know he wants to be in the NFL. He believes he is a good enough coach that he should be coaching at the highest level. And he's right. He does deserve that opportunity. So provided things don't get like so out of hand and so ugly that he has you know, like legal issues going on, which I don't think we'll get there. Um, it's a hilarious scandal. It's a bizarre scandal, but I don't think it's that bad. Um, I think the Chargers are actually one to watch here as well uh, in the same division as the Raiders. So Raiders fans probably don't like hearing that. But if I'm him, yeah, I'm going to go work with Justin Herbert and figure things out in, in L.A. That would be my top choice. Um, and that organization, I think, would also be open to – which, for better or for worse, let him also basically run the whole show, be in charge of personnel, replace Tom Telesco with one of his guys. I mean, Telesco has made, like, five good picks in the last five years, so you're not losing anything there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Harbaugh very well could be an NFL head coach next year. Yeah. I mean, Pete Carroll dipped out and went to the NFL just in time. <laughs> so maybe right. The timing is great. History repeats itself. Uh, So what is your assessment of what the uh, Raiders do from here? I mean, uh, Albert Breer also reporting that Mick Lombardi uh, was fired as well. Now you've got Antonio Pierce of the Raiders. uh, This number's down to minus one and a half favorites hosting the Giants. Is this a spot where you get, you know, uh, fired the head coach boost? Interesting, because it sounds like Aiden O'Connell is going to start. So if it was Jimmy Garoppolo, as atrocious as he was, obviously on Monday night, I probably would have been backing the Raiders in this spot. It was at two, maybe two and a half before he went out. Um, And we also still don't really know what the deal is with Daniel Jones. So it's probably an avoid for me. This Raiders thing is pretty funny, though. It's like Antonio Pierce is the interim, and he basically got Arizona State like a bowl ban. (laughs) Like he was was leading that situation with the like like two years ago. Uh, It just shows how much of a mess this organization is. But um, I am happy for Champ Kelly, though, former Chicago Bears, um, you know, high-ranking personnel guy, has fans across the entire NFL, a great pro scout, um, you know, who's done a lot of great work in in both preparing for opposing matchups. He's a former coach, former player, um, but but also, you know, of course, in the actual scouting realm. I think he deserves an opportunity like this, and maybe we, we see what he can do with it. Brad, uh, the Steelers are in a bad way in their secondary as Will Levis brings his four-touchdown debut to town tomorrow night uh, to the point where they were talking about being in on Jalen Johnson. Sounds like they were in on those talks, but Omar Khan wasn't able to absolutely hoodwink Ryan Poles again, so he said, no, I'm out. Um, So 
Kenny Pickett's going to play, it sounds like, but who knows what kind of level he's going to play at, given those ribs are going to be an issue. Um, that thing has dropped from three and a half and opened down to two and a half now. Uh, short week for both teams, but Levis looked really good on Sunday. The Steelers' offense continued to look like the Steelers' offense. It's interesting. So, so first, yeah, they were in on Jalen Johnson down to the the very end. They were one of the last couple teams in the mix, and I do wonder if you know the Chase Claypool trade and not wanting to make a deal with that organization in particular uh, maybe played a role. But you know, maybe it didn't. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's interesting. Like without Minka Fitzpatrick, this might be the worst secondary in the NFL. But now with Cam Hayward potentially playing, it also might be the best defensive line in the entire NFL as well. Um, I love the depth and all the pieces, Keanu Benton and Monty Adams and all the guys that have been contributing. Nick Herbig, a rookie as well the Tennessee Titans offensive line is a train wreck and Will Levis was very good in that game no question but I actually do like the Steelers here under the number as bad as the offense was yet again I actually think we saw the best Matt Canada game of the season and I know that that bar is about as low as a bar can possibly be um, but I yeah but I feel that way nonetheless um, I think he did call a good game. There was some good play design. They were getting guys free releases and getting them open um, and things of that nature. So I, I actually like the Steelers here under the number. As, le- as great as Levis was, uh, I think that price now is is a little bit too high on a guy making his second start against an, an, an elite defensive line. So, yeah, I like Pittsburgh here. Brad, an incredible slate. Three that really stand out. Sunday morning, Miami KC. Dallas, Philly, and then Sunday night, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Do you have a strong opinion on any of the three? Couple, actually. So, so the first one I think is interesting is the look-ahead line in this Miami-Kansas City game was the Chiefs minus five and a half. And, and I know Kansas City has looked questionable at times on offense, but they're fourth in converting drives into touchdowns. They're top five in yards per play, yards per drive, like everything. Because we just were so, you know, like obsessed with them uh, being first in everything that we think they're bad when they're fifth or sixth. So, and then uh, their defense, I think, is a legit top five unit in the NFL. And I, so anyway, I like Kansas City minus two and a half. I think that is an overcorrection to go through three from a preseason look ahead line. Because Miami, of course, they look good, but, you know, they play good teams. They get trounced twice so far this season. So I like them. And then I, I do like the matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles here over the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, to me, wins games when they have a trench advantage. Uh, and they and they have it on both sides of the ball almost every week. But the week they don't have it is when they play the Philadelphia Eagles, um, who have mm-hmm. just as good of an offensive line and defensive line as they do. Um, I like Philly here at a field goal as well. I think it'll be a good game. Um, but I think Philadelphia is just – you know, like Dallas won't be able to take advantage of a great pass rush. They won't be able to sit back and give clean pockets to Dak Prescott all the time. And I think it'll lean towards the Eagles. All right, we have about a minute left. Any other plays that you really like on the board that we did not discuss yet? Yeah, I like the Colts on the road, minus two and a half at Carolina. I know we have the feel-good story. The Panthers finally win a football game, a kickoff, a field goal battle in Carolina against the Houston Texans. They still really did not move the ball all that efficiently on a down-to-down, drive-to-drive basis. Uh, A couple splash plays, a couple really nice throws from Bryce Young, which is always great to see. But it wasn't exactly the most encouraging win in the world to come off a bye and and kick a game-winning field goal to win, what, 15-12, whatever it was, 13-12. So, yeah, look, Shane Steichen is, like, if he had Anthony Richardson and they were above 500, I'd probably be calling him the coach of the year. He's been exceptional with Gardner Minshew. I I like this matchup for the Colts. 
Great stuff, Brad. As always, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Coming up next, we baptize Joe O into GTFO or Oh Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I'll explain. It's next on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app as well. Aaron has played GTFO or Oh Yeah before. She knows how this works. Joe, I have not yet explained GTFO or Oh Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. It's just this, it's, it's just a dumb name I came up with it. It's a simple either-or kind of deal, like take it or leave it or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But in GTFO or Oh Yeah, intrepid producer, Paul will read an item off. It could be, we love Christmas music on November 1st, for example. And then we will all respond with GTFO. Or if you like it, <laughs> you say, oh, yeah. If you really like it, maybe a little more oomph in the, oh, yeah. Like a Kool-Aid man, oh, yeah, right? And if you really love it, you go full Randy Macho Man Savage Oh, yeah. I mean, you can even get the hands into it like Macho Man if you want to. I'll even take a little taste of the creamer. The cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. I mean, all in if you want to. But I leave that up to you, my friend, on how you want to respond with GTFO or oh, yeah. Paul, now that I've completely derailed your show, take it away, my friend. I think my favorite part about this. It all makes sense now. Yeah, we're trying to, yes, Aaron and yes. I are trying to remember what it was. And I was like, hell no, like, oh, yeah. And then I texted Chris after, she, I was like, what's the Macho Man segment? We're going to do that tomorrow. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and now I have so much clarity because now I understand where Paul came up with the idea. Because I was on vacation when Chris was doing this of, what, wait, what was the segment we did? <laughs> Do What's we remember anything? Uh, let's go or <laughs> no, hell no. You have inspired let's us, Chris. Let's go or hell no. Yeah. Yes, you inspired Paul, so he came up with let's go or hell no. No, no macho men were harmed in the making of that segment. Uh, <laughs> let's start with college football. Kind of the most bizarre scandal, quote unquote. But the Michigan staff, let's, let's go or hell no. GTFO or oh yeah. The Michigan staffer on opponent's sideline, in this case Central Michigan, fire up chips. And that whole saga is a big deal and will actually derail Michigan's national title hopes. Chris, we'll start with you. It's your segment, GTFO or Oh Yeah? Uh, GTFO. This isn't going to derail Michigan. Maybe in the eyes of the committee, like we talked about earlier, as they rank them third in this first set of CFP rankings rather than number one where they should probably be. And the, the committee can use the, the reasoning of the Buckeyes' resume and who they've beaten so far and who has Michigan played and all that. But to not even be ahead of Georgia, who really has struggled in first quarters all season uh, outside of one or two spots, uh, that tells me the committee may hold it against them, but I don't think it's going to slow Michigan down at all. Uh, really, it's all about preparing for Penn State and Ohio State as we can see, preparation seems to be their strong suit to the point where they're sending uh, Mr. Scallions 
uh, out to wherever they can find a game. And it, it they'll be ready. They'll be ready for Ohio State. They'll be ready for Penn State before that. And I think they continue to roll. So I, I don't think the scandal itself distracts them from the task at hand. GTFO. We know what GTFO. coaches do. Yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. Go sorry. ahead. Sorry, sorry. Nope. Go ahead. You got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't read the chat like usual. That's that's yeah, that's me, Chris. I wasn't <laughs> looking at the chat. I should have been. Um, yeah, they're going to use this as motivation. You know that inside the building. Everyone else is uh, keeping an eye and thinking, oh, you know, I hate Michigan now. They're cheating. And they're just going to say that everybody's doing it. The, the grady details that we're starting to get a little bit more every day are quite amusing to me. But if the committee last night puts Michigan five, then I think we have something there about it derailing the season. And that's the only thing that everybody's talking about. But they said right now with a cheating scandal, and even though you haven't played anybody, you're still in. Are you barely making it at four? No. You're in the top three with another Big Ten team. So I don't think it's going to derail things at all. GTFO. Yeah, it seems like in college football, there's always weird stuff going on, like players getting paid and like nothing ever really happens. So I'm going to say GTFO that nothing happens here. I think it's annoying uh, if you're not a Michigan fan just because they do have a softer schedule and now all the sign stealing stuff, but I don't see it affecting them. All right, next question. Staying in college, uh, and we'll go Joe, Aaron, and Chris on this one. You see value on a make-the-playoff bet outside of the undefeateds, as we mentioned, Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Washington. Obviously, one of Ohio State and Michigan will take an L. Uh, GTFR, oh, yeah, so teams like Oregon, plus 165, Texas, 2-1, to one, Alabama, plus 250, Oklahoma, plus 310. I think we'll stop there. Or anyone else down the board. Any bet to make to make the playoff, GTFO, or oh yeah, Joe O? Here's the problem. I hate everything when it comes to the Heisman right now. <laughs> Somebody's going to win this award, right? Like Penix, are they going to get into the playoff? Been throwing a lot of interceptions of late. Not looking as strong as he did earlier. Marvin Harrison, I made my case why I don't think he's going to win it. Loved it at a monster number like 80 but now, eh, J.J. McCarthy, again, hasn't played anybody, doesn't have the numbers, but he's the second favorite. He's right there with Penix. So what do I like down the board? Okay, we know that you have to be quarterback in the playoff. Is there something down the board? I would say as the fifth favorite, there is something down the board. And it's the same guy that I talked about before the season started, and I'm surprised at the amount of value that he's put together with a, an undefeated record. And I'm going to Florida State and Jordan Travis. So, oh, yeah. I can't go Slim Jim. I can't go there. But I will do the, oh, yeah, there is a little bit of value here <laughs> at plus 750 to get this far and still be undefeated. Uh, Travis has had a phenomenal season. All right. Am I up next? I don't want to uh, fumble the order again. Uh, All right. So I am also going, oh, yeah, 
not super emphatic, but I think there is value on Oregon. If you look across the board offensively, they rank either in the top five, top 10 in all categories. And I know that their defense got a lot of credit for what they did against Utah, but I still think the offense has been there and they can hang with any team. They, you look at their remaining schedule, the last four games, they can run the table, which they'll obviously have to do since they already have one loss, but I would put my money on Oregon. Yeah, I'm going to go GTFO. I don't see a lot of value on either one of these markets, whether it's to make the playoff or the Heisman. I think Penix is the dude uh, for the Heisman. And I think, Joe, you mentioned like, J.J. McCarthy, for example. Like, I, I get it, quarterback on a playoff team most likely, so that makes sense that he's going to be in the discussion. But what, who, who's J.J. McCarthy beat? Um, and then when I look at the playoff action, to be honest, once you get Ohio State's plus 110 right now. So I guess there, there is technically some value there. Um, but can Ohio State beat Michigan on the road in Ann Arbor? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still don't trust McCord totally to be able to go into Ann Arbor and handle that. And then, like I said earlier, I think you're going to have to be undefeated from the Pac-12 if you want to get to the playoffs. So take Washington and Oregon out of the mix. I think Texas is going to have to beat Oklahoma, uh, get payback in the Big 12 championship game if they want to go to the playoff and have some other things fall their way. I think Bama's always got an outside shot, but I don't know if there's enough there for me to lean in on any of those teams. So I'll say as far as value down the board in either the Heisman market or the to make the playoff market, GTFO. I don't see enough value there. All right. Let's move on to baseball. Uh, GTFO or oh yeah, betting a non-Corey Seager option for World Series MVP. He is minus 450. Joe, let's start with you. Joe, Aaron, Chris. I thought that the number was going to be higher than this. It is Seager's. This is it. Texas wins. It's Corey Seager. He's already won one of these. He had another big moment last night, and that's what people are going to remember. They're going to remember the home run, or they're going to remember the five RBI from Simeon, who's been struggling throughout these playoffs. No, they're going to remember Seager from last night, and he's had other big moments in the in the series so far. So yeah, it's his. And I was looking down the board. Like first off, Arizona. It's a tough putt for them to win three straight, but then you look at the numbers. On the guys that could possibly win it, like Tommy Pham, 30 to 1, I feel like that's not enough. So, GTFO, this is Texas, this is Seager. It's also a GTFO for me watching that game last night and he hits the two-run homer. I'm like, oh my gosh, Corey Seager just smashing it. He does it again. Feels like it's over. Yeah, GTFO, there's there's nothing there unless you really believe in the miracle potential of the Diamondbacks, um, I, I, and I just don't see it. I, I, I don't see that, and so I don't see anyone else. When, when Adolis Garcia got hurt, I think you took any other opportunity or value out of this market because he's the only guy I could see having a big enough moment the rest of the series or multiple moments to match what Seager has done to this point. So it's a GTFO for me as well. Seager's got to be the MVP bet if you're going to make one. All right, real quick, we've hit it a couple times throughout the show. I think we all know the answer. But just for the official record, GTFO or oh yeah, and anyone can chime in whenever they want, listening to Christmas music on November 1st. 
<laughs> G-T-F-O. November 1st. I feel sorry for our guy, Chris Mack. It's going to be a rough one. It's going to be a long, uh, long Christmas season for my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a big GTFO as well. We've been down this road, but I may I may get home later today, and there may there may be a tree up in the living room already. I mean, Whoa. all bets are off at this point. Whoa. Who knows? I, I'll report it's back an, tomorrow. It's an oh yeah for me. As soon as oh, the show was a I would do it right now if I could. Mariah Carey on repeat. NFL Week <laughs> 9 line moves and some teaser ideas as well. Coming up next alongside Aaron and Joe, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.